This podcast is presented to you by Pastor Randy Han and Celebration Church in Fresno, California. For more information, please visit celebrationchurch.cc. How many of you heard about that couple that was um, advancing in age? I know some of you heard about this, but in fact, this is kind of funny, so, so, but I, it's so funny, I'm going to say it again. So they were advancing in age, and they were getting kind of concerned about their, their memory. They were, they were forgetting things, and so they made a doctor's appointment, and uh, they went and had a, a complete physical, and the doctor checked them both out and said, hey, guys, you, you're very healthy, and, uh, you know, probably what you just need to do is is uh, as you're getting older, just go ahead and write things down so you, you know, jog your memory and you won't forget. And so they thought about that. So, okay, well, we'll do that. So they go home and they're watching TV that night. And the, the, the husband says, you know, I'm going to go into the kitchen. I'm hungry. I'm going to make something to eat for myself. Baby, sweetheart, he talks to his wife, can I get anything for you? And she says, yeah, you know, I, I kind of like a big bowl of ice cream. And uh, he says, well, well, I can handle it. She says, well, well, can you write it down so you don't forget it? And she says, well, I, he says, well, I, I won't forget that. I, I've got this under control. And she says, well, well I, I don't want just a big bowl of ice cream. Can you, put some, can you put some strawberries on that ice cream for me? And uh, you might want to write that down so you don't forget. And so he kind of gets irritated. He says, I won't forget ice cream with strawberries on it. And she says, well, really what I'd really like is not just a big bowl of ice cream with strawberries. Can you, can you put some whipped cream on top of the... Oh, I can, oh, I'm getting hungry for ice cream. Can you put some whipped cream on that ice cream? And, uh, but, but please, can you write that down so you don't forget? He, he says, I won't forget. And then he becomes really irritated. He says, a big bowl of ice cream, strawberries, whipped cream. I got this. He goes into the kitchen. And he's in there for about 20 minutes. And pots and pans are banging around. Finally, he comes out and he brings this plate with eggs and bacon, with some fruit garnished on the, on the plate. He says, here you go, baby. And she looks at the, at the plate, and she says, she looks puzzled. She says, you forgot the toast. Some of you will get that on the way home. Maybe she should have wrote down what she was ordering. <laughs> now, that's funny. I don't care where you're at at what campus. That is some funny stuff. Well, we're in week two of our series of messages entitled New Things, and it's not so much a title as it is an expectation of what I believe God is is wanting us to believe Him for in 2017. Um, In Isaiah 43, we're going to read this and then we're going to pray, but in Isaiah 43, I want to read some verses here that's our opening text this this, this, uh, this day on, on where we're going. It says, I am the Lord, verse 15, I am the Lord, your holy God. I created you, Israel. I am your king. Long ago, the Lord made a road through the sea and a path through the swirling waters. He led a mighty army to destruction, an army of chariots and horses. Down they fell, never to rise, snuffed out like the flame of a lamp. But the Lord says, now notice this, do not cling to the events of the past or dwell on what happened long ago. Behold, I'll do a new thing, and now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? I'll even make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. God, we're so grateful, so thankful for this moment. God, I pray that you would help me to speak as a a mouthpiece of heaven 
God, you know what needs to happen in all of our location. You know the situations and the issues of what people are facing. I pray today, God, that that you would use this moment mightily to do what only you can do. Whatever's wrong, God, I pray that you'd make it right. God, we open our hearts. We open our hearts to what heaven is saying to celebration today. God, we receive it. We pray that you'd give us laser-like focus, that there'd be no distractions, that the Word of God would go forth unhindered by any satanic force. God, we worship you and we thank you for this moment. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Come on, does anybody love Jesus? Anybody, anybody excited about serving God? Again, I have a huge expectation that this is the year that God is going to do some new things. Let me just say up front, if you wasn't here last week, I kind of launched this whole series, this whole idea, this whole expectation that I believe God is, is, is declaring uh, to, to, to this ministry here to the people of celebration. And uh, so you can go online and download that, listen to the podcast free of charge. And, and uh, that will, I believe, help get you caught up. And in, in especially if you wasn't here last week, you need to hear what we taught last week because this is part two of what we taught last week. But, but here's, here's the expectation is that God is going to do some new things. And, and what I mean by that is some new things in your life, some new things in your family, some new things in your relationships. I believe God this year wants to do some new things in our finances and some new things in our, in our health. Talking about new possibilities, new opportunities, new beginnings, new ideas, some new heights and new horizons. How many of you could use some new things at all of our camps? Anybody could, anybody use some use new things in your life? Well, I love it, and we talked about this, and we're going to give just a quick review of some things we touched on last week to set this week up. But notice that when God begins to announce the new thing in our opening text, uh, He actually tells us what the new things are. He defines for them what they are. He says, first of all, He says, I'm going to make a road in the wilderness, and I'm going to make rivers in the desert. We found out last week that, that a road is what gives you access. A road gives you freedom. A road gives new possibilities and new opportunities. We talked about last week how rivers is a source of supply. It gives you resources. It it gives you provision. And how many of you know that so many of our lives, it feels like we've been living in the wilderness. It feels like we've been living in the desert. So God shows up and he says, I'm going to do some new things in your life, Some, some, some new roads and some new rivers, which simply represents God saying, I'm going to give you some new access. Now, now, let me just put it in context. The people he's talking to here, specifically in Isaiah, they, they are going through hell, literally. I mean, they are, they, are, they are up against it. They are in bondage. They need God to come and do something uh, mighty in their life. They, they need some roads in the wilderness. They need some rivers in the desert. And if God doesn't show up, they're, they're doomed to destruction. And so God says, I'm, I'm going to do some new things. And these new things are, are roads and rivers or, 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 or what they represent is access and possibilities and freedom, opportunities, supply and resources. So God is saying for us, because we understand when we read the Word of God, that, that, that the Word of God is God not only speaking to them at that time, but the Word of God is God speaking to us. 
So when God says, I'm going to do new roads and new rivers, he's, he's telling us, he's, he's saying those represents the things I'm going to do. In other words, I'm going to give you access this year. I'm going to give you new possibilities this year. I'm going to give you new opportunities this year, new resources, new supply, new provision. Could anybody use some new roads? Come on. Does anybody beside myself feel like, man, I've been in the wilderness I've been in the desert, and what would that look like for God to show up and give me a lizard, a river lizard? Who wants a lizard? But a river. Well, I guess we can get that too. But a river, a river in the desert and a road in the wilderness. I so believe this, that God is saying to celebration, I've got, I got some new opportunities this year. I got some new possibilities this year. I got some new freedoms this year. You don't have to carry the addictions that has haunted you and plagued you. I have some resources this year. I have some provision this year. And that's what God is saying when he says, I'm going to do new things. And what's, what's amazing is when God makes this promise about doing a new thing, and we found out this last week that he actually frames it by three declarations. And, and this is really God's part in the new things he said, first of all, he says, I can do this. And he, remember, he starts off the text. He says, I am the Lord, your holy God. I created you, Israel. I am your king. In other words, God says, you do know who I am, right? So as he's promising new things, he says, you, you, you got to understand that I am God. I'm holy. I, I've created everything that you can see. I've given the breath that you, you breathe. I can do this. Last week, we found out, number two, that, that, that God makes this declaration, that God says, I've done it before. In the text we just read, it's amazing when God introduces the new thing, he reminds them about the old new thing that he had done, actually 700 years earlier. And most of us know the story. They definitely knew the story, how their forefathers, how God had delivered them out of the bondage of Egypt, slavery for 400 years and a great exiting of, of God's people led by Moses and how, how God parted the Red Sea. See, so what God is saying, he's saying, he's saying, I can do this. And he says, not only that, I've done this before. In other words, God is saying, this isn't my first, my first rodeo. I can do this. I've done it before. And the third thing we found out last week is that God says, I will do it again. Isaiah 43, 19 says, behold, I will do a new thing now. In other words, this is the time I'm going to do it. This is the moment I'm going to do it. This is the year. So when God makes the declaration that I'm going to do a new thing, he wants you to know that he can do it. He wants you to know that he's done it before. And he wants you to know that he's ready to do it again right now. Right now, it shall spring up forth. Right now in our life. So God is letting us know his part in the doing of new things. And that's what we looked at last week. But today, we're going to look at our part of the equation if we're going to see new things in our lives. You see, when it comes to God doing new things, God needs us to do something. And we see it here in Isaiah 43, verse 18. Draw our attention back to the opening text again. Notice in verse 18, it says, But the Lord says, now here it is, Do not cling to the events of the past or dwell on what happened long ago. Here's what he wants you to do. Here's your part. Watch for the new thing. The message translation says it this way. Forget about what's happened. Don't keep going over, I like this, old history be alert. Now catch this. Be present. In other words, live in the moment. Be present. I'm about to do something brand new. So God says, I have 
new things, but I need you to do this one thing. God says, I need you to forget some things. I need you to let go of your past. So here's the point. You can't have new things if you're living your life for past things. You can't have new things. We can't have the access that God wants us to have, the freedom that God wants us to have, the provision and the supply that God wants us to have as long as we're hanging on to our past. Again, we talked about God's part last week, but this is our part this week. We've got to be willing to let our past go and move forward into what God has for us. We see the same truth repeated in the New Testament. Paul talks about it himself, Philippians 3.13, a very familiar passage of, of Scripture here. Notice what Paul says. He says, I'm still not all I should be. And when I read that, I, I just, I, I yell, amen. I don't know about you. Maybe you're there, but how many of you are still working on some things? And, and Paul, who wrote two-thirds who wrote two-thirds of the New Testament, he, he starts it off by saying, man, I'm just not there yet, but I am, I am bringing all my energies to bear on this. Oh, hello, here it is, this one thing. This is our responsibility. This one thing, what do you, what do you focus on, Paul? Forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. So here it is once again. Uh, we, we, we have to live our life for new things, not past things. When it comes to your past, there's only one thing that we are told to do with it. Just don't live in it. You can't change it. I don't know if you realize this, but when it comes to your past, you can't change it. You can't fix it. You have to move past it. Now, now. In this particular verse, Paul gives us a great insight to how we do this. Paul says, I'm choosing to forget the past. He says, I am bringing all my energies to bear on this one thing, forgetting. So Paul is choosing to forget the past. Uh, Paul, he says, I'm choosing to live my life uh, for the new things ahead, which tells us when it comes to letting go of our past, it doesn't happen magically. And wouldn't that be nice if it did happen magically? But when it comes to your past passing away, it passes away because you make the decision. It's a choice that you choose. It's a decision that you make. If you're going to forget the past, Paul says, I, I'm choosing, I'm making this decision. I'm going to forget the past. Now, I, I know what you're thinking. How in the world can I forget the past? Pastor, you don't know the, the hell I've been through. Well, we need to define this term forgetting or when Paul says, I forget or I'm forgetting the past. That word forget means to neglect. It means to neglect. So what Paul is saying here, he says, I'm making the decision. I'm making the choice that I'm going to neglect my past. It means to quit caring for it. It means to refuse to consider. It means to be unconcerned about. You see, to forget your past does not mean that you can't remember it. It just means that you refuse to remember it. Come on, hear that today. It means that you're going to neglect it and stop caring for it. You know, the truth about neglecting is what you neglect loses its importance. That's the reason why so many marriages are not 
effective and happy and successful because if you neglect your relationship in your marriage, then, then that marriage begins to lose its importance in your life. Well, that happens with relationships. What you neglect in relationships, what you neglect ends up losing its importance. Well, that's what we're supposed to do when it comes to our past. Is, is we just got to start neglecting it. We've got to choose to refuse to consider. You know, if you'll stop feeding that stray cat, that cat won't come around any longer. The reason why those stray cats and those stray dogs and all those other farm animals, animals keep coming to your house is because you keep feeding them. Come on, we need to neglect our past. We need to let our past go. So, so, so this is our part. God says, I can do it. I've done it before, and I'm, I'm going to do it again. But this is what I need you to do. I need you to forget the things that are behind. Quit going over the old history and embrace the new things that I'm going to do. So here's the main thought for today. Here's a, here it is in a nutshell. If you want this to be your best year ever, then you must learn the principle of letting go. I want you to hear that. At all of our campuses, if you really do, and I believe that's why we're here today, man, we're, we're, we're crying out, we're seeking God. God, we want this to be our best year ever. I mean, I came into 2017, I'm dreaming, man, I want this to be my best year ever. I want it to be the best year in my marriage. I want to be the best dad this year, the best, I want to be the best pastor this year. Come on, I want, I want my finances to be the, oh, come on, could anybody use God's help in the area of your... Well, the truth is, is if it's going to be the best year ever, our part is, is that we must learn this principle of letting, of letting go. Now, when it comes to our past, we don't leave behind the lessons from our past, but there are some things we must let go. So let me help you uh, today at all of our campuses. Let me give you three areas specifically that you need to let go and forget. Here's the first one, forget past progress. Forget past progress. Uh, All of these are going to start with the letter P. It's kind of a preacher thing, and this will help you remember. Forget past progress. This has to do with past successes, past victories, past accomplishments, past achievements. You you know, it's, it's so easy to get stuck in life talking about, thinking about, Hear me, dreaming about the good old days, right? I I mean, you hear it all the time in the lobby, people talking about the good old days, living life in their past victory and their past success, being consumed with old progress. Listen, being consumed with that old progress will keep you from God's new progress. I'm not talking about remembering something that God did back in 1943. But if you're living in 1943, we got a problem. And so many people live their lives and and they're constantly thinking and dreaming about what God did back then. Here's what Ecclesiastes 7.10 says. It says, don't long for the good old days. This is not Wise. And we have a tendency to do that, don't we? Especially the older we, we get, we talk about the good old days. And, and the Bible says it's not wise. Be, why, why, why would God say it's not wise? Because God wants you to live 
for new progress. God wants you to live for new success. God wants you to live for new victory. And have, we have a tendency, the older we get, we don't think God's got any new victory for us. We don't think God's got any new progress for us. Bless God, I'm 70 and I'm old and, there, and there's nothing happening. No, listen, God wants to do a new thing in your 70s, in your 80s, and in your 90s. Come on, we need to live in the moment right now. New things aren't, aren't just for people in their 20s. You know, um, God really dealt with me about this this last year in 2016 because I was doing more than just remembering the successes of, of yesterday. And I, I was kind of living in them and I was constantly talking about them and constantly bringing them up. And God brought to my attention, he says, you know, I can do something in 2016, but you keep talking about 1992. And I think that's what happened. We keep talking about what God did yesterday instead of, instead of having faith for what God wants to do today. We're go- Listen, we, we need to let go of the, the past successes and we need to begin to dream about what God can do in 2017. Come on. He's still God. He's still on the throne. He's still a miracle worker. He can still make a way where there seems to be no way. Come on, he can still heal, he can still deliver, he can still set the captive free, he can get you that house, he can get you that car, he can get you that spouse, unless you already got one, then keep it. Come on, how many of you with me? But as long as you're focused and living in the good old days, you're not focused on what God wants to do today. God doesn't want my only success, my only victory to be back in 1933. This dream about what God can do in 2017. Here's the second one. We need to forget past patterns. Past patterns. This is huge. This has to do with the way we like things and the way we've always done things. Boy, can we get stuck there in past patterns, right? Our routines, our, our systems, our structure, our, our, our ways, our, our preferences, Bless God, this is the way I like it. Bless God, this is the way we've always done it. And so what happens? We get stuck. We get stuck in our, our past patterns. Why, why do we do that? Because past patterns are comfortable. They're, they're predictable, and they bring a sense of security to us. So, so this is what we need to understand. Being consumed with old patterns keeps you from new patterns. Jesus said it himself in Mark 7, 13. Hear it because I don't think we have it on the screen. Mark 7, 13 is what Jesus says. He says, you make the word of God useless through your traditions that you keep passing down. We can actually make the God, God's word, God's word useless in our life because we're so, so focused on the way it should be done, the patterns of our past. Hanging on to the way you've always done it will keep you. Hanging on to the way we've always done it will keep us from experiencing what God wants to do in our lives right now. You want to see a church die? These are, th- 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 these are the words that will kill every church. We've never done it like that before. I like the way we've been doing it. Man, I like the way we were doing it in 1992. Well, listen to me. It's not 1992. It's 2017, and here's what you need to understand about God. God's message will never change, but the methods must change if we're going to be relevant and impact a generation. 
Come on, that's good preaching. Woo! So many people get stuck in their old patterns. We see this, we see this in, in the way we live our lives. So many people are losing their way in life. The older they get, they don't embrace the new pattern or the new season. I know with us, you know, it's really, it's really a crazy thing. It's an awesome thing, but, 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 but in, in, in mine and my wife's life, we're actually empty nesters. Our kids are out of the house. I, I'm rejoicing about it. It's really the coolest thing that's ever happened to me. Um, now, my wife, she's happened to, happened to deal with that because she's, that's her nest. That's her, that's her kids. And, and the truth is, I am too. But you can get into the age that we are at and say, well, I don't like this. I don't like this emptiness. Where's my kids? And, and all of a sudden, you're not embracing the next season in your life, and you're wanting to go back to the old season of your life, and you're not being impacted, and you're not being uh, uh, touched by what God has for you today. And so what happens is, especially the older we get, people lose their sense of, of destiny, and they, they lose their way in life because they keep thinking about, man, it was so much better in my 30s, and it was so much better in my 20s, and life was so much better in my 40s and my 50s. But here's what God wants you to do. He wants you to dream about how good it could be in your 80s. God has good things for you in your 90s. Come on, as long as you're still breathing, God's got new rivers and new roads. And the truth is you need to let go of the past patterns and embrace the new things that God wants you to do today in your life. And you can totally miss out on this season of your life trying to live in the past season of your life. There's nothing, there's nothing more crazy than a person in midlife crisis, right? In their 40s, in their 50s, trying to be a 20-year-old. You're not there. Get rid of the chains. Live where you're at. Get in the present. Be effective where you're at. You can miss out on your middle age life by trying to go back and regain something you cannot. We do that in patterns. That's, I'm preaching better than you're shouting today. Hopefully these cameras can follow me. Some of you aren't getting it, but, but this may help you. Few years back, when my kids were all at home, for I was delivered from them all, my kids tried to get me to change my pattern. I grew up eating sunflower seeds. I'm a sunflower-eating machine. Is anybody else a sunflower? Come on! I think we ought to give them out at the door and just spit them all over the floor. I mean, tell you. <laughs> well, I, I've always been a David sunflower. See, kind of guy. I mean, I was stuck. It's a, this was my pattern. And my kids for years tried to get, Dad, listen, they got new kinds of seeds. They got, they got flavored seeds. And, and, and they used to tell me about the barbecue and the ranch and the nacho cheese and the hot salsa. Dad, try some, try some hot salsa seeds or, 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 or the dill pickle. Like, really? Like seeds? Dill pickle seeds? Like, if I want a pickle, I'll go get a pickle. And I was so stuck on my pattern of seeds until I went one day and they didn't have my, my seeds in the store. I needed seeds and so I had to buy some new seeds. Big bag spits, cracked pepper. That's all I could get. And I was shocked. I was amazed. From that day forward, I have never eaten. <laughs> Honest. I won't even buy them. I won't even eat. 
And listen, I was eating David seeds when it was David and son seeds. Come on, we go back. But, but, but I experienced a new things. I got out of my pattern and I was shocked how much I like the new thing in my life. And this is what I learned about me. I didn't want to try it because I really didn't want to like it. I was comfortable where I was. I was in the pattern where I was. It was convenient. It was what I what I knew, and this is what you need to understand. For some of you, it's not that you won't like what God has for you. It's that you don't want to like it. You're comfortable. You're stuck in your pattern. Can I remind you when God even mentions new things? He actually does it in Isaiah chapter 42, one chapter before Isaiah 43. And here's what God says. He says, I'm going to do new things in your life. And then the very next verse, guess what he says? Sing a new song. In other words, God says, I'm going to do new things in your life. And here's what I need you to do. Quit singing that old song. Can you sing something new? But it's easy. We get stuck. We've never done it that way. I've never eaten that before. I've never did that before. That won't work. And we resist it. Because the truth is we really don't want to like it because we're comfortable and we're stuck where we're at. It's convenient for us. Here's the third thing is we need to forget past pain. Now, this is, this is the huge one, right? We're talking about the offense. We're talking about the betrayal. We're talking about the unjust treatment, the abuse, the failures, the mistakes, the regrets. We have to let it go. Here, here's, here's the truth. You have to release the past in order for the past to release you. And this is what I love about God. When it comes to the pain of our past, God always focuses, He always does this, He always focuses our attention on new things. Did, did you hear that? When, when, when it comes to the pain of of the past, the betrayal, the, 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 the unjust treatment, the abuse. When it comes to all those painful things in our past, here's what God will do every time in your life. He will always try to focus your attention on new things. Why? Because the new things is what will bring healing for all those past painful things. You need to let that get in you. There are new things out there that'll make your past okay. There's a new relationship that God has for you that'll make it okay. There's a new opportunity that God has for you that'll make it okay. There's a new adventure God has for you, even this year, that'll make it okay. There's a new beginning God has for you that'll make it all okay. There's some things, listen, there's some things that'll cause you to forget your past. Wow. So here's the million-dollar question. Here's here's what we're asking. How do I let it go? How do I I move forward? Well, there's something you need to know. And when you know this, it's going to, I'm not talking about just, you know, hearing. I'm talking about really owning it and knowing it. When you know this, it will empower you to move past your past, 
Knowing God's promise, I'm here to tell you, concerning your past will move you forward. Here it is, Romans chapter 8. Here's the truth before I read it. Whatever's in your past, God will somehow work it for your good. If you ever know that, if you ever own that, it will be the empowerment for you to move forward. Whatever is in your past, you've got to know God will somehow work it out for your good. I know we know this verse, but I think sometimes we get so familiar with things, it's not really helping us any longer. Hear it like you've never heard it. The Bible says, and we know, we know that all that happens to us is working for our good. The good, the bad, the ugly, it's all working for our good if we love God and are fitting into His plans. What does that mean? If we love God and we're living for God, you've got to know that God is taking all the stuff of your past and He's working it out for your good. That's the truth. God's using it all. And he's making it work out for your good. As a Christ follower, your future here today is really, really, really good. Uh, You didn't hear that. Let me remind you again. Maybe Fresno's getting it over there. Your future is real. If God is taking all the good, the bad, and the ugly, and he's working it out all for my good, that means my future is really, really, really good. Yeah, but my past is painful. That's the reason why God wants you to neglect your past, because it's not good in your past. It's good in your future. Your future is really, 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 2017 is really, really, really good. God's got some good things for you. He's got new roads and new rivers. The good stuff is not in your past. The good stuff is ahead of you. It's called new things. You know, as we close today, as we begin to wrap this up, we see this truth, and I, I really hope you get it, because this, this is the part that I, I felt like, man, God, we've got to get this. This is, if people can hear this and not be distracted by texting a message or social media or what game's getting ready to play, if we can really hear this, this is, this is going to help us. This is going to help us move forward into the new things that God has for us because we really see the picture of what I'm trying to teach in the story of Joseph, in the life of, of Joseph. We see this story actually in the book of Genesis. In fact, I'd encourage you to read it. Most of us know the story at all the campuses. If you've been in church at all, you know the story. If you watch movies, you know the, the story. And in the book of Genesis, about half the book is devoted to the life of Joseph. You see, Joseph is one of the 12 sons of Jacob. And, and God gives Joseph some dreams. We know, right? He, he's, he's a dreamer, and there are some God dreams that God gives him, and he, he actually begins to share these dreams with his brothers and probably said too much and communicated too much. And, and his brothers begin to get jealous of Joseph, and they begin to hate Joseph to the point that they wanted to get rid of Joseph. And one day they had their opportunity. It's all there in the Genesis. And I'm just kind of setting it up so we can read a verse today. But they had their opportunity because the Bible says their, the son, their brothers were out working. And here comes Joseph. And they say, here comes the dreamer. And they made a decision to rip his clothes off and throw him in a pit and leave him to die. 
And then one of the brothers got to thinking, hey, we can do better than that. Why kill the guy? We can make some money off of him. And, and so what they ended up doing is they pulled him up out of that pit and they, they sold him as a slave. Can, can you imagine your own brothers selling you as a slave? But what's amazing to me is that Joseph is sold into slavery. He finds himself working as a slave in a house in Egypt there. And what's amazing to me is, is when you read about Joseph, he, he doesn't give up. He, he, doesn't, he doesn't quit on God. He's not bitter. He's not offended. He just keeps trying to do the right thing. Wow. I, I don't know if I could have done that. So Joseph is, is a slave in the house. And, you know, Joseph was young and handsome like me. <laughs> and uh, he's working in this house. The problem is, is there, there's a lustful cougar lady in this house, and she's got the hots for Joseph. And daily, she tries to seduce him. But Joseph flees all of her advances. Wow. And Joseph's my hero here. She finally gets mad at Joseph, and uh, she rips off some of his clothes, too, and, <laughs> and he runs for his life. Some of you, that's a word for you today. Run for us. Run. What do I do, Pastor? Run. I mean, that'll solve a lot of your problems. Just run. So he's running for his life, and this lustful cougar lady goes to her husband. Yeah, she's married, and accuses Joseph of rape. And she shows her husband his clothes. So Joseph gets thrown into prison. But this is what is amazing about Joseph. He's still trusting God. <laughs> he's not bitter. He's actually, he's actually still coming to church every weekend. Doesn't look like God's being good to him. He's still faithful. He's still consistent. After eight years in prison, eight years in prison, he interprets a dream of a young man. This young man ends up being promoted to Pharaoh's house. And before he leaves the prison, Joseph tells this young man, please remember me when you get to Pharaoh's house. But we know the story. He didn't remember Joseph. And Joseph actually spends two more years dealing with with the pain of prison until one day Pharaoh had a dream and that young guy remembered about Joseph in prison and tells Pharaoh, I know somebody that can interpret your dream. And so they get Joseph out of prison and Joseph comes and interprets Pharaoh's dream. Pharaoh is so impressed with Joseph that he, he takes him out of the prison and actually promotes him to the palace and makes him second in command. He's like the prime minister over Egypt. And it's in that place of honor and authority that Joseph actually ends up saving his whole family. His family came to Egypt because of the famine and they're reunited and, and uh, the brothers are scared to death. They, they think Joseph's gonna kill us. Joseph's gonna get revenge on us. I want you to think about this. 
Joseph for 23 years, 23 years, he deals with mishap after mishap. He's hated, he's rejected, he's betrayed, he's thrown into a pit, he's sold into slavery, he's falsely accused, he's humiliated, he's thrown into prison, and he's forgotten. But at the end of all that, all of that pain, all of that hell, all of that trouble, this is what he tells his brothers. This is what he tells his family. He got it. He knew it. In Genesis 50, verse 20, it says, You planned something bad for me, but God produced something good from it. You know what Joseph is saying here? He's saying, all the stuff in my past, God was making it work out for my good. If you could just see your past correctly, if you could just know, if you could just really know, I'm not talking about hear something, I'm talking about know something. If you would just really know that God is taking the good, the bad, and the ugly of your past, and he's making it work out for your good. Your future looks so, so, so good. Joseph is saying, at the end of the day, here's what Joseph is saying. I didn't get stuck in my past. I was able to forget my past because I knew that God was at work making it all work out for my future. I knew that God was doing new things in my life. I knew that God was in the business of new roads, new opportunities, come on, new possibilities, new freedom, new access. I knew that God was in the business of new rivers, come on, new resources, new provision. See, he focused on the things that were ahead and was willing to allow God to work the things of his past. You know what's amazing? The Bible says that that Joseph gets married and has two, two sons. In Genesis 41, 51, here's what the Bible says. Joseph named his older son Manasseh, for he said, God has made me forget all my troubles. Manasseh means, Manasseh means God has made me to forget. Hear that today. In Bible days, they would name their their children. It meant something what they would name their children. So every time he says, Manasseh, come here. He's actually saying, God has made me forget. I've been in the pit. I've been in the, I've been in the prison. I've been betrayed. I've been hurt. I've been rejected. But come here, God has made me forget. Come here, Manasseh. God has made me forget. And then the Bible says he has another son. He named his second son, Genesis 41, 52. He named his second son Ephraim, which means double prosperity saying, God has prospered me in the land of my sorrow. Don't miss it, church. Don't miss it. Joseph is saying, my life is so good that God has made me to forget the hatred. God has made me to forget the betrayal. God has made me to forget the abuse. God has made me to forget the false accusation, the abandonment. God has made me to forget the pit and the prison. He's saying, my life has double prosperity. God is working so many good things in my future that he has actually made me to forget the pit and the prison of my life. He's I'm not carrying the pain of the pit. I'm not carrying the pain of the prison. I'm not carrying the wounds of betrayal. I'm not carrying the injustice of false accusation. Here's, 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 where, we, here's where we close today. Here's where we land this message today. 
I'm here to tell you at all the campuses, there is new things in your future. There is new roads. There's new rivers that God has for you that'll cause you to forget the pain of your past. That's what God is going to do for us in 2017. God is going to cause you to forget all the ugly, all the painful, all the injustices of your past. Because guess what? He's got some new rivers and some new roads. If you want this to be your best year ever, you must live your life for new things and not past things. Hallelujah. You receive it today. Come on, you receive that today. Why don't you stand to your feet at all of our campuses? Let's close this out. I want you to hear this just one more time. If you want this to be the best year of your life ever, you must let go of the things in your past. You can do it. It's your choice. You can begin to neglect it. You can begin to ignore it and begin to experience what God has for you. And you'll wake up somewhere in 2017 and you'll be saying the same thing. Manasseh has showed up at my house. Come on, you're going to say God has caused me to forget. I'm going to ask you to close your eyes, bow your heads over at all of our locations. You know, just before we let you go today, there's a couple things in application that I really feel God wants me to do. First and foremost, you may... You may be stuck in your old way because you've never received Jesus as your Lord and Savior. The Bible says that when you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, that you become a new person. Maybe you're here today at one of the campuses and you're saying, you know, I've never done that. I'm here to tell you, you're going to be stuck. You're going to always be stuck in the old past until you really allow God to take the reins of your life. You might even be here today and say, you know what, I've done that at one time, but to be truthful, I'm just not really serving God. I need to really, I need to really rededicate my life to Jesus. I'm going to lead you in a prayer on any of those two invitations at all of our campuses. And the bottom line is, man, if you're stuck in your past because you're that old person and you've never surrendered your life to Jesus, the Bible is very clear. All that call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And the moment you receive him, the moment you turn the, your life over to him, the moment you turn the reins of your life over to him is the moment you become that new person at all of our campuses. I want to lead you in a prayer, but it's more than a prayer. You need to, you need to believe in your heart. So it's not just praying something, it's meaning it with everything that's within you. If that's you today, you want to get right with God, I want you to pray this prayer. Just say, Father God, come on to all of our campuses, say it again, say, Father God, today I give you my life. I receive Jesus as my Lord and as my Savior. Father, forgive me of all my sins. Make me a new person today. And with your help, I'm going to live for you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Come on, give it up for all those that prayed that prayer. We celebrate the fact in just a moment, campus pastors are going to come and And they're going to give you some instructions on what to do before we release you today. But please, nobody leave it because I really believe in this moment of what we're getting ready to do. Before we turn it back to the campus pastors at all of our location, I want you to, 
I want you to do something that might seem silly, but I believe God is right in the middle of, middle of it. We all have things in our past that we need to allow to pass away. We have things that we just need to let go today. And, you know, it'd be foolish of me to preach this message and show you this truth and yet us not have an application to do something to allow God to, to really bring healing to our hearts. And so what I want you to do today is I want you just to put your hands at all of our locations. Just put your hands out in front of you. And, and we all have it, right? We all have situations and we all have, have, have problems and pain. And what I want you to do is I want you to take that pain and that, that issue and that, that maybe, maybe it's a pattern. Maybe you're just stuck in old ways. And I want you to put those things in your hand today. For some of you, it's really easy because their name came to your memory right away. Would you take them out of your heart and put them in your hand? Maybe it's that father-in-law. Maybe it's that mother-in-law. Maybe it's that sister. Maybe it's that boss that's mistreating you. Come on, it's time to let those things go. Would you just put those things of your past in your hands? And here's, here's what we're, we're going to do. I'm going to count to three. And when we do that, I'm going to ask you to raise your hands like this. And, and, and I want you out of your mouth to say, God, I let it go. I believe the moment you do that, God's going to begin to work on moving you forward. So many of us in these rooms are stuck because of the things that are in our hands today. But I'm here to tell you there's a power of God in operation at all of our campuses. God is going to cause us to forget. Ready? You got them in your hand? You got the situation in your hand? Come on, you got the injustice in your hand. You got the betrayal in your hand. You, you got that old stuck pattern in your hand, whatever it is. Come on, all those past victories that you want to live in. Come on, God's got new things. Let's put it in your hands. Are you ready? One, remember what you're going to do. You're going to say, Lord, I, I let it go. You got to say it. You got to exercise your faith. Two, are you ready at all of our campuses? Ready? Three, I let it go. We let it go, Lord. We let it go. Father, I pray. God, I pray the, pray the work of God Almighty in every life, in every heart. God, what they had in their hand, God, what was represented in their hand as they opened their mouth and declared they let it go. God, I thank you that you empower that decision today. I thank you that you are healing hearts in this place today at all of our campuses. You're healing the brokenness. You're healing the pains of yesterday. Father, we make a decision today to live for our future because we know it's good, it's really good, and it's going to be better, and you're going to cause us to forget all the things of our past. I declare healing on every person at every campus. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. And amen. This podcast is presented to you by Pastor Randy Han and Celebration Church in Fresno, California. For more information, please visit celebrationchurch.cc.